Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sovereign AF podcast episode three. I'm your host, Regina Cornelio. And this evening, we are going to dive deep into astrology. We're going to talk about tropical versus sidereal or Vedic astrology, human design, gene keys. How does knowing that information about yourself provide more sovereignty? We're going to dive into the stars, what's written in the stars, so many things. And I'm so excited to introduce my guest, who is a good friend of mine, Sarah Poe. And actually, we met because we were training on this modality that combines astrology, human design, and gene keys. And since Sarah has taken this modality and kind of crafted it and made her her own modality, and she calls it a soul's blueprint, and she does a lot of different things with families and individuals and groups and one-on-one, and I'm excited to dive in and welcome my guest, Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. And can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey? Thank you, Regina. Love you. I'm so happy to be on here and to be able to share. Um, Yeah, my name is Sarah Poe, and I would call myself a love alchemist. (laughs) And that really has come through the last year because of all the things that I've studied, love is the foundation of everything that I do. And alchemy is this, is my prayer for transformation. And so I've worked in a lot of things. I've actually been a photographer for 24 years, but as I was a photographer, I was always wanting to help and serve. And several years ago, I really got interested in the sacred sciences. And that's when I met you. (laughs) Then we were in this um, study together. It's interesting also because I was raised um, in the Baptist church. My dad was a Baptist minister and my grandfather and my great-grandfather. So I have this foundation of the the Southern Baptist Church. And so you wouldn't necessarily think that as a, <laughs> I would have grown up to be become an astrologer necessarily. So it's been an interesting journey that's led me here. Yeah. I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that and how you kind of shifted into astrology and just kind of your own spiritual journey from growing up as a Baptist daughter now, kind of more spiritual and into astrology and different sciences. When did that shift happen? Well, I would say I've always been someone who's drawn to the stars. I've been somebody who always like was curious about it, but because of my background, I wouldn't have been able, it would have been very woo-woo, <laughs> <we> say, or <laughs> forbidden to look at astrology because of what we were taught. But what really uh, brought me into that, into astrology, was when I found out the difference in sidereal and tropical, which we can talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, I definitely want to dive into that. (laughs) But my whole spiritual journey is, that could be a whole, that's a long story. But um, I really went through a lot of trauma as a teenager. My dad left the church when I was 15. And which was very brave for him because we were really raised in an environment where I really only went to school with the people in my church. 
And so I was kind of raised in this bubble, kind of protected from the outer world. And my grandparents were farmers. So I grew up in, on a farm and spent a lot of time with them growing food, cooking food, feeding people, which is what I love to do, how I love to serve. But there was always parts of the church that just didn't align for me with the angels that I talked to, even with Jesus that I would put at my, you know, tea party with me. <laughs> it just, things didn't add up in that way. And when my dad left the church, I was kind of tossed out into the world. And I didn't have any tools really for the world. And so some things happened in my teenage years and I had a lot of trauma in my teenage years. And then my spiritual journey was one of uh, being highly medicated from the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> by my doctors, um, being diagnosed with a mental illness because of my sight, so, you know, having visions and um, different things like that and unhealed trauma. And so I spent a lot of my twenties um, highly addicted to pharmaceuticals and thinking that that was going to heal me. And it really made me worse. You know how it is. You take one pill and then you got to take another one for the side effects of that. And then it creates another thing. And then um, I had an, a, a real awakening. It was, um, I was very suicidal and it was one way or the other. It was going to go one way or the other for me. And I had this awakening and uh, got off all of my medicines. And since 2009, haven't taken a pharmaceutical and has led awesome. me to this beautiful spiritual journey healing my gut, learning herbalism, learning how to heal through all the modalities. It kind of, I'm grateful for it all because it led me to want to heal and uh, other people, help support them on their healing journey, help other become, people become sovereign as their own healers and have the tools to do it. So it was all part of my purpose on this earth. Um, so that's kind of what's led I me love to that. passion about what I do. We have yeah. so much in common, more than you know. Really? Oh, yeah. Addiction for me, alcoholism. Uh, well, we're not going to bore the audience, but <laughs> I wonder if that's part of having the same incarnation cross, but our, our paths are very similar. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting there, but um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, for being open about your journey. I appreciate that. Um, you want to dive right into, I feel like one of the hot topics right now is astrology. I mean, astrology is trendy. It's been big for a while. I feel like people are starting to dive into human design and then not as many people have heard of gene keys. We're going to talk about all three, but I feel like there's, um, uh, just, I don't want to say controversy, but you know, the Western versus Eastern, tropical versus sidereal. What's true? Um, how do we know? And so, I, I think that a lot of people are interested in that. So let's let's dive into that first. If yeah, that sounds that's good. good. <laughs> yeah, that's what got me on this path in the first place. <laughs> I grew up thinking I was a Gemini, mm. and okay, so I didn't know a lot about astrology because clearly how I was raised, but what I had heard about Gemini was like the evil twin, good and evil, right? Did you mm -hmm. hear that about Gemini growing up? Yeah. A lot of negativity because we both are Gemini. Yeah. Well, and we thought we were. <laughs> In tropical astrology. Yeah. Tropical, right. Yeah. 
And so even like I got diagnosed bipolar after all of my trauma and abuse, and I just mm. accepted that. And so it was, um, I don't know, seven years ago, maybe uh, around my birthday, I'm curious about the stars and realizing, oh, wow, the sun is not in Gemini. It's my birthday. The sun is not in Gemini. The sun is actually in the constellation of Taurus. What is happening? And that, How did and you I, know? I also had this holy experience. Yeah. How did you know, sorry to interrupt Sarah, but how did you know it wasn't in Gemini? Like what tipped you off? Well, you can take a star app and look, you can study the stars with a star app, um, yeah. which is one of my favorite things to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so you could see where the moon is with a star app. Then of course, there's all kinds of computer technology where we can do that. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine said, yeah, you're not a Gemini, you're a Taurus. And it was like, it was on. <laughs> I needed to know everything about this. Well, what's going on then? Um, so I became very curious. And that is one of my gifts is a curiosity. Mm. And that, yeah, there I went on the, I wanted to know everything there was about it. So I studied the history. Awesome. Do you want to dive into that a little bit? I, yeah. I feel like when people ask and they're um, kind of battling back and forth before, between Western and Eastern, the main way that I know of to tell them is we'll just get the star app and, and hold it up to the star. It'll tell you <laughs> what planet it's in. Um, but what, ha- what did you find in the history? Is there anything there you want to share? Yes. So uh, the astrology has been our religion on this planet for a long time. Religion means to unify with God, actually. <laughs> Boy, we've gotten off of that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> of that, it right? And so, astrology was originally designed to connect us as like a mirror. Um, and they were the the stars were called the holy breath of great spirit in indigenous culture. So we use them, right? So about 150 years after Yeshua, after Jesus dies, a Roman Catholic man named Claudius Ptolemy. We've heard of the Gregorian calendar, right? Mm. He's a map maker. He's a calendar guy. And he decides to make a map of the stars. So he makes this map of the stars. And at that time, Aries was right on the map. You know, it was, the map was correct, right? So that's the tropical or Western astrology map of, astro- of astrology. However, because of, we could go deep into the science of this, and I have a class on this but because of the wobble of the earth right there every 72 years we move one degree out of alignment with that map so now 2000 years later we are 24 degrees almost an entire zodiac sign out of alignment with that map so right now if you look the sun is still in leo it's Mm. it's through leo you know we don't shift into virgo until like the 20th and um so I look at where the planets are now. If we think, you know, whatever you choose to call it, God, source, creator, the great universe, whatever you choose to call it, gave us the stars for a purpose, then I want to be in alignment with that. And then in these years of just curiosity and contemplation, I've had just so many experiences, holy experiences from being in right relation. And another thing that he did was we had the Virgin Mary in this in the heavens was seen, you know, originally it was Isis holding Horus, the baby, 
And then uh, it was seen as Mother Mary holding Yeshua after he was born. And what the Romans did was they drew the virgin's um, arms to her side. Did you know this? No. Yeah. So they dethroned, they dethroned the virgin. It's a, it's a shift, I think, in almost like divine feminine being silenced, you know? And then we had this map that's created, and now we're out of alignment with that old map. That makes sense. They Do you think that's on purpose? Do you think that's on purpose? Do you think, because my conspiracy mind is always like, oh, it's very convenient that 90, what, percent of the population follows tropical and they're 24 degrees off. Hmm. That's kind of convenient, right? Yeah. I know I've come, I've kind of come to see it as like our design in the matrix. Like people will say, oh, but I am so this. But then when they have a reading in their soul's blueprint, I experience holy experiences, the God chills, the soul chills, like a knowing of yourself is completely different. And so I look at that. There's nothing bad or wrong with it. I don't see, but more of like, this is who you're conditioned to be in the matrix. Mm, I like Like that explanation. Who Neo was. Neo's a great guy in both worlds. (laughs) Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that explanation. And I, I still, I still struggle a little bit because I resonate with Gemini energy and, um, my MC, what is that? I'm the, there, see, I haven't been up to date on or practicing this. My mid heaven is Gemini in sidereal. And so I still resonate with Gemini energy, you know, probably I don't want to say more than Taurus because as I get older, I'm just a lot more drawn to mother earth. I'm a lot more, um, just wanting to be in nature. So I guess I am kind of shifting towards more of my true alignment, I guess you can say. Yeah. Plus the, um, the way that I translate the zodiacs is different and I very much resonate with Taurus is the throat chakra. You're on, you're making a podcast here using your voice. You're like a major, you know, like speaking the truth is very important Mm -hmm. to you. And as well as like sovereignty and connection to the earth. And it's a really strong willpower and you have a pretty strong willpower. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I don't like to say I don't like to say stars. Tarses are stubborn. I like to say they're devoted to their. Well, you know, we're very devoted. <laughs> yeah. I try to be open-minded and I can't stress that enough. I feel like I need to have a disclaimer. I think I'm going to film it actually a disclaimer and start putting them before the episode starts just mm-hmm. to say that it is okay. If, um, you hear some information that is outside of your belief system, it's okay. And you don't have to uh, attached to that belief system, but it's okay to listen and be open to listening to other information. That's what this podcast is about truth, freedom, and how do we become more sovereign individuals with all types of healing modalities, self-sufficiency, um, all, all those types of things. And we have a couple comments in the Facebook group. Those of you who are watching this on YouTube, we go live for our episodes 
in Facebook so you can ask questions live. And someone said, are we supposed to follow the stars lead or do we see the stars and live our life as we want? That's a great question. That's a good question. And I'm going to add to whatever you say. Go ahead, Sarah. I would say we are sovereign beings mm. and that we are in relationship with the stars. And that I believe is what happened when the tropical astrology system got um, born, that map, it began to disconnect us. Think about it. Before that, we looked up, we were in relationship with the stars. You would have known exactly where when Leo was rising and where you, they built temples based on it. We, we, we grew our food based on it. So we had this period over 2000 years where we stopped being in relationship, listening, like I would call contemplation, spiritual listening, listening to the stars. And we start looking down and we see it now we're on our phones all the time. I mean, you can, you know what I'm saying? So I think that it was something that attempted to disconnect us from God or source or our higher self. And so I look at it as a guiding system that I doesn't control me, but it definitely shows me where we've been. And so when the things come up, Mars always plays a part in something and I understand Mars energy. And so I can work with it in a good way. And it's like, for instance, Mars is always in a prominent place, usually with Saturn when we have a war. Just the day of it, we get in, in conjunction. So if we pay attention to that and we're in right relationship, we know when it happens, we can really work on our inner self and be sovereign ourselves so we're not spewing anger out. We're, we're t- taking care of our emotional body and we're not projecting our emotions negatively out there. Then we don't cause war out there, right? I love that. So you can kind of use the information to prepare a little bit, yeah. prepare ahead. I love yeah. that. Um, one of my pet peeves, I don't know if you relate to this is I see people online all the time using astrology to blame things on or, or, you know, Mercury's in retrograde or, oh, that's because I'm Scorpio and such and such, or, and I, I can't stand that. You know, I, I believe exactly what you say. Like the stars is kind of a map to, um, certain aspects of ourselves, but we have free will. We're free sovereign beings. I, I never, um, blame things on astrology and I, and I think that's why I choose to not follow it so closely because I don't even want to get that in my head. Like, Ooh, Mars is in whatever today. Ooh, I gotta, you know, I think it's good to prepare, but, um, I just, I can't stand when people blame things on astrology. I agree. I agree. There's a lot of fear programming in it. And I think that's where we have to use discernment right now. And notice like fear is something that needs to come. If it comes up in your body, that's something they'll be aware of, right? Don't numb it. We work with our fears. But if you're as a leader or a guide or astrologer, you're using fear as a manipulation tool. That's where it's, it's, it's off for me. Um, and that's where the programming of astrology has been, um, yeah, it has been corrupted in ways. The real language of it has been corrupted and blaming anything outside of ourselves is, you know, it's not going to do the actual internal work to transform yourself. If you're blaming something outside of you, I'm just, uh, have a class on the retrogrades because we've had six planets in retrograde. So everybody then 
goes into chaos when they hear that because we have a negative connotation with retrogrades and it's not, there's nothing negative. It's a time to look at these aspects within ourselves, to work with them, to maybe slow down, to just be more aware of certain things. But if you're using fear and you think something's going to happen, we, our thoughts create our reality. Yeah. So think about that with astrology, how much people have been using the manipulation of Mercury retrograde to then create chaos in communication in the system Mm -hmm. big time at least that's my opinion I don't know yeah I agree I see it online a lot and using fear to sell their products and services and um yeah I I think astrology is an amazing tool it is a science and the elites use astrology a lot and I'm sure that they probably use eastern the true astrology while while, you know, trying to program us to be more Western. Um, but I, I think there's a big power in utilizing astrology um, as a tool, but not as something to blame everything on. So let's, you want to shift into human design a little bit? And so what is human design? What's the difference between astrology and human design? I think a lot okay. more people are g- getting into it these days. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if we look at astrology as the stars in the heaven that mirror down, that's kind of looking at it as above. And with mm-hmm. human design and the gene keys, we're going into the body. We're studying the body and our energetic blueprint, how we're each unique, energetic individuals and how we operate in that way. And so it uses the Kabbalah system and astrology, the I Ching, uh, kind of combines those all together. Uh, and gives us this body graph that helps us understand it's it's very you can go really deep into human design as you know and so I think it's some for some it's really overwhelming for some they think they got to know it all all at once and again it's something that's really to contemplate over time and it shows it can show us so many things about ourselves Um, there's different types of human design Um, you've probably heard the manifestors the generators projectors I'm a manifester in both of my human design, tropical and sidereal. And you and I have the same cross. <laughs> yes, we're definitely going to get into that. Yeah, my my human design is different from tropical to sidereal. I'm a pretty sure I'm a manifesting generator. But then in sidereal, I'm a projector. And that honestly really resonates. Um just in terms of working style and everything. Like I need to take breaks. I absorb people's energy. I'm an empath. I'm very sensitive. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot more sense than the tropical human design. So what kinds of things can you learn about yourself with human design? And then how, how is human design related to gene keys? So they all weave together. That's kind of how we realized that human design is coded through tropical astrology too, by the way, um, because you use this, your astrology to code or to write your human design, right? In human design, we have nine chakras or nine energy centers that teach us about ourselves from the root to the emotions to our, our sacral or our battery energy, our throat. Um, and then when we move into gene keys, where in human design, we have 64 gates, like energy gates, where energy moves through the body. 
And I look at them as Monet likes to call them the places that God lit you up. Aww. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's where God lit you up. And we all have places that we're each lit up differently. And then where, where we have channels of energy, how energy moves through us, right? We can see how our creativity flows in that way, how some of us get really big bursts of energy and then it all goes away. We, how we all work and operate differently, why some people work better in groups, why some people work better alone. And then we go into the gene keys and it takes it a little deeper into contemplation so that we look at each one of these places where God lit us up. And we're looking at our genes or our genius. The coding for gene is our genius. And it's not necessarily like you are a genius, but you have these geniuses that are ready to be unlocked. You have lots of different geniuses, gifts within you. And so in Gene Keys, we look at the shadow, the gift, and the city, which are different frequency levels, right, of these gifts that we have. So if we're at the shadow frequency, it's not bad. It just means we might still be in victimization, not so sovereign yet, or really letting fear control or manipulate us. And when we can be aware of that, we can transform it into a gift is a higher frequency we're here to give this gift and the acidic level is like the highest level of that mystery love oh is that a is that a kitty sage she wanted to come on she has been so needy today i don't know why um i love that that's that's awesome so we learned a lot about those three modalities and let's talk a little bit about incarnation cross and then other things that you focus on when you're working with people and how that will help them. So first off, what is the incarnation cross and what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So, okay. In human design, we are looking your, your natal chart, which is an astrology, right? Your natal chart, where the sun was, where the earth was, that all gets coded into your human design. We look at where the planets were when you were born. And then we also look at where they were three months before you were born. So kind of that, we call it the unconscious mind where the planets were three months before you're born and you're still in your mother's womb. The soul drops in fully then, right? And we have the, when we're looking at the incarnation cross, we're looking at where the sun and the earth were, where you were born and where the sun and the earth were three months before you're born. And it gives us this cross. So it shows us a lot about our purpose, our work in the world, how we really light up the world, uh, what we're here to evolve and grow into. It's really powerful and it moves into the gene keys. That's the first thing you study when you go into your gene keys is your incarnation cross. It's kind of the cross you came here to bear, right? And when we're looking at indigenous cultures, you could call it the cross of the four directions, north, south, east, west, or the cross of the four ways. So it just happens that we have the same one, the same like purpose theme in life. I love that. And I asked you how rare that was. Did you find happen to find out? Is it one in like 192 or something? Yes, I believe that's it. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, when we were doing this training, Sarah and I paired up together and we found out, oh, we have the same incarnation cross. And so that basically means that our paths and our purpose are very pretty much the same, you know, um, which is really cool. Very cool. I love that. Why I see us creating. I did, I could see it then too. 
it really does yeah. help you find people that match you. Like for me as a manifester, I would have, and help me heal so much because it is a, it is almost like a bipolar energy manifester. Mm-hmm. It is like this, I will have these bursts of creative energy that could be considered manic by some big dreams, big visions. I'll have ideas about how I could change the world and I'll start something and it's profound. And then I don't have the energy to maintain it. Mm -hmm. So like I started an eco bridal guide for Charleston, which was like a sustainable wedding magazine. It was awesome. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. But then I needed like little generators to help me complete. Mm. So when we know our design, we can know how we operate instead of feeling like, oh, I failed. I didn't fail. I just, that's how my creative process works. I go big spurts of creativity, I'm out in the world, and then I need to cocoon for a while. And I hear this. I can relate. Yeah. And projectors, same way. Yeah, I can relate big time to that. And actually, you're kind of already answering a question that we got in the group, which someone said, what are some of the things you can use human design for? So that you kind of started to already talk about like through understanding yourself and ways that work best for you. But let's dive a little bit more into that. Like what are some ways that some things that we can use human design for? Um relationships first of all understanding yourself and how you operate so you here's what I hear the most after sessions you just gave me permission to be myself because it's such a soul remembrance that you're you're like oh I signed up for this this is how I'm created to be this is why I operate this way there's nothing wrong with me that's the other thing I hear a lot especially when I'm working with teenagers I hear there's nothing wrong with Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I worked with a um, teenager a, a year or so ago um, that was, they wanted to diagnose some schizophrenic. And as soon as I hear that, I say, can I, could I gift you a session? Because I'm guaranteeing we're looking at a projector, somebody mm. that's most of their centers open or a reflector who's just absorbing so much, maybe has a gift of sight and, and all the clairvoyances where you can see your different clairvoyances on there. And they just don't have the tools yet to process and understand that. And that person, you know, instead of uh, being hospitalized, goes to yoga training, right? Mm. Master their gifts. So that's one way we can use it. I love working with youth. And then another way is in our relationships, like working with couples to understand our energetics together. That's beautiful work. Or working in families to understand each other. Do you do couple readings? Mm. Oh, yeah. Ooh, we might have to sign up. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. I, yeah. I reviewed his astrology, but I didn't do a full map. I didn't look at his human design, but we might have to do that. <laughs> I love it. You can see where you kind of make channels of energy together, where you're drawn to a person who may have the other uh, gate or gene key that makes mm. a connected channel of energy. So we kind of get drawn to one another in that way. It's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So hopefully that answered that question. Yeah. I feel like understanding your human design helps you know what type of job to have, know how to, how to work, um, like for how long, how much support you need, when to take breaks, relationships, all types of things. I love it. And there's actual, there's 
I've seen coaches out there that just focus on helping um, people run businesses based on their human design, which is kind of interesting. Very true. Yeah, I've worked with some businesses before. Now it is, I, I guess you would say what I do is a little controversial because I handwrite charts in sidereal. So when you, you can look up your human design online, which is your tropical design, you'll see it's right. where the stars were in your tropical design. And so in the last few years doing that, I've done sessions with people who knew their tropical human design and then shifted and seen like somebody who thought that they were a generator in a tropical design and they were actually a projector, how much that shifts that awareness for you. Again, not bad just a different um, way to look at it. Looking big at difference. Yeah. 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 Big difference. Okay. <laughs> My mom's asking questions, Sarah. <laughs> That's her in there. She said tropical question mark. Um, I think you might've missed that, but tropical is Western astrology. What over 90% of people are following tropical. And Sarah's been talking about Eastern or sidereal, which is more accurate. And she also asked, is human design something you do? Yes. She combines astrology, human design, and gene keys. And she does what's called soul blueprints. And she works with individuals, couples, families, right? Um, you do a, you do a, quite a few things. And we're going to get into all of the different offerings that you have. Um, I, okay. I want to know what's going on right now. Yeah. Astrology and gene keys. Like what's going on with the planets and the stars today? Yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, Mm. we do have six planets in retrograde. So it's a time, like we might feel this, the energy of like pulling back on us, like almost like a rubber band. That's how I look at it. Getting ready to blast us off. (laughs) So a time to really go internal all being sovereign means that we're responsible. We're taking radical responsibility for ourselves. And so we, that's, this is what this time is for, because moving forward, the stars do show that we are, we are going to go through some things. We're going to be challenged. We know we're being challenged right now. People use the word apocalypse, right? We've heard people say that. What does it actually mean? It means an unveiling. So we're in this unveiling I like to call it the great remembering because I like to look at everything from an optimistic place. And I believe we are remembering, we're just remembering our sovereignty, remembering who we are. We're remembering we chose to be here right now. And then once you realize that everything changes for you. Oh, I chose to be here right now. I chose to play this game. So I brought everything that I needed with me for this, right? Where the sun is still in Leo right now. So in this, we, we went through this cancer season and I use something called astrosophy, which is star wisdom aligned with Christ Christos. Right. And, um, that's a whole nother thing. (laughs) We can definitely go into that a little bit after for sure. But so we went through this cancer season this summer, which was our, you know, moving into the internal world so that we could go into Leo season and really lead from the heart, shine from the heart. And so what we're moving through right now, we're moving through Gene Key 7, which is literally the shadow of division on the planet. So this whole week, that's the shadow we're moving through. So what can happen during that time is maybe we're confronted with places that were 
um, not sovereign, honestly. So I'm like, oh, if there's no coincidences ever, the reason why we're on here. Because the gift of that gene key that we're moving to is guidance. And it's all about, you know, the shadow is what created hierarchy. This genetic code, this gene in us created hierarchy. It programmed us to follow leaders or to be the elite who wanted power. And that's where they got their worth and value was being at a level of power, money, greed, power, right? <laughs> so mm. those are like leaders that create heart, heart, hierarchy and then the followers. And when we step into the gift frequency of this, it's to be a, a great guide, it's guidance. And it's literally about transforming to leadership that guides people to empower themselves, which is what you and I are. <laughs> It's like, there's no coincidence right now. Love that. Right? Yeah. Love that. Yeah. How long do we stay in a gene key? Is it a week? Six or seven days. Yes. Seven days. Okay. So this week. Wow. I feel like we've been in G key seven for, for a while. All the, the tactics, the, the, you know, agenda tactics for division on the planet. It's pretty wild, wild times. And I, I love how you said we chose to be here. We chose to play the game. Love it. Oof, we did. And we are playing the game and it is, it is wild. This is definitely just, I think it's one of the craziest incarnations you can have. And it takes a brave soul to be here right now. And um, yeah, we're watching the um, crumbling of of all the corrupt systems in our reality, but we're also watching people remember, watching people step into their sovereignty, watching people come together, and then we're going to build all these new beautiful systems. So it's amazing. It you is. Know, like I, I get jazzed up when I see people waking up and systems crumbling, and other people are like scared and they're in fear, and I'm like, man, I. I incarnated for this. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I'm ready for it. And when mm -hmm. we do our own work, like then we are empowered and we know that about ourselves. Nobody can take that away from you. When you know who you are right. and why you're here and you understand it, that's why it says, know thyself and you should know God. Because once you do, there we step completely out of fear and into faith. Cause we know who we are and we know we got armies of angels here working with us. Everything's happening for us, not to us. And anything that's crumbling away right now is for our highest good. Cause we're building a new world, a new earth. Um, yeah. And in this, in that astrosophy, it's, it's, uh, we could go down the rabbit hole now. Yeah. Let's like, go into this that. Is the, this is the second Wait, time I, in that. Before we go into astrosophy, I have one question. I want to sidetrack. And this is just um, a random question that I want to know. So I know that when we were training, we had to hand do the sidereal human design. I thought there was some software that came out for that. Do you still hand do it? I do. And here's why. Okay. I do. We did learn how to write them in sidereal and something was off for me in that. Hmm. It made me a generator. And I worked with that design for six to nine months. And I went back into a lot of trauma thinking something was wrong with me. 
because the manifestor, like the way that that energy work had healed so much of me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm deconditioning this again. And then on my birthday, a friend of mine who is a Vedic astrologer said, would you write out a chart in Lahiri? Because he resonates with Lahiri, which, okay, in astrology, we have sidereal and tropical. We also have these little things called the Ionopsias. And the Ionopsias change things a degree or two. And so I had an experience then where we wrote out our charts in several different Ionopsias to feel the energy of that. And when I got to the galactic center, I I had like, I started crying and I had all the soul chills. And then my friend texted me and said, happy St. Sarah day. And my name's Sarah. And I was like, oh, so that kind of started me on it. <laughs> so I use a different I So, okay. that, so there is a website that uses it. And I'm not sure if they are allowing, if they're the program allows you to shift the I or if it's just sidereal. I'm not sure, but there is a website for that. I know. It is a lot of work doing it by hand. Oh man. I love it. I love it because I create, every time somebody invites me into this, I create a whole ceremony around that soul. I only Mm. do one session a day and I'm not, I don't take on more than one session. And, um, and so I write the chart out as like an spiritual gift to this person. And so. I like it. I like the handwriting. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it's funny when we were diving into this modality, I found that as I was doing the chart and then as I was doing the reading live for someone on zoom messages were coming through. So I, I feel like I went through the training really just to open up myself, dive into myself because after doing it for a little while, I just felt drawn to something else. But I noticed that doing these maps with people like I was opening up my psychic senses and things were coming through and it was really, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree hundred percent. I'm, I'm in awe every time, every single time mm-hmm. I say I get to do this. I like, I get to do this and I'm in awe every single time. It's, I love it. So cool. It really is. All right. What is, what is Astra Sophie again? And let's dive into that. Okay. So after I, that came to me after I had this, the birthday experience, I woke up in the middle of the night and at 3.33, my clock says 3.33 and I hear Christian astrology in my head. And I'm like, there is no Christian astrology, but I have had this um, knowing that I'm going to be bridging things. I'm love bridges worlds. And so I start to research Christian astrology, and I find Rudolf Steiner, Willie Zushi, and this whole um, anthroposophy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, so I find this, all these teachings, okay, about, and they're through sidereal, but it goes all the way back to Jesus, to Mary Magdalene, and before to the Magi, who they actually were, to the Essenes, um, and how astrology actually was what the prophet Zarathustra or Zoroaster um, used to guide the Magi and train the Magi to know what to look for in the stars to find Jesus when he was born. So Astrosarfi is star wisdom. Chills. It's star wisdom aligned with Christ. And it's also only been burst on the planet, reborn on the planet in these last hundred years because of this cycle that we're in post around World War II on. 
And so we have Mary Magdalene's books get found in the caves, right? There's no coincidence in that. And then there's this whole movement on, well, who was Mary Magdalene actually? And so that comes through and Astrosophy uses the miracles and the life of Jesus, Yeshua, to describe the zodiacs. In other words, he walked on water during Aquarius. So all, whether you believe that they're real stories or they're parables, those are the tra translations of the zodiacs, changing water into wine during Aquarius. It had to do with it, water, right? Um, Libra, there was a full moon in Libra when he turned the tables over in the temple. So social justice, like, right? Like, so they're different translations and they use the, the calculations and they, and they predicted this second coming of Christ now, this unveiling that was going to be happening right now. It's phenomenal. <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Someone just said, I literally just got full body chills and I'm crying. I keep getting chills like over and over as you're talking. And I, I do think that's exactly what's going on right now. The second coming of Christ. But I, again, we, we have a mix of, um, viewers. Some are religious, some are spiritual. And so that means different things to different people. The second coming of Christ. What does that mean to you? Hmm. Briefly, briefly, Sarah. Um, <laughs> I believe Christ is the frequency of love. I believe that Christ, Christos, Christ aligned, crystalline, crystal, mm -hmm. right? Purity, pure of heart, love. And Yeshua was a being that came here that was pure of heart, Christ, right? And so that's what I relate Christ with. I call we can call it the cosmic Christ, which means Christ is in everything was created in love. We're all created in this love, right? And so this there's there's been such a disconnection between nature and the church. I've always said if the church has when the church has an awakening, every church will have a garden. Mm. We'll have healers on on staff, natural healers, right? Herbalists, and they'll, they'll right. be like it will actually that the true teachings of Yeshua will, will come forth, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the second coming Christ is that. I think it's more of I think people I grew up knowing that the rapture was coming, and if I wasn't good enough, I might not make it. Right. I had nightmares that I wasn't going to be good enough, and I wasn't going to be making it. I was going to be stuck on the side of the highway. My whole family was going to be raptured up, and I was going to be left behind. And now that I understand what rapture means and what the this second coming means it doesn't necessarily mean jesus is coming in form but in spirit and it's christ it's love we see this universal love coming and that is the true religion then is would we would unify us would matter yes. judaism muslim christian that we don't need to name it it's it's that if i have um lakota heart like indigenous culture is means so much to me and has been such a teacher for me um we went to standing rock seven years ago now and that really connected everything for me that you honor the tree you honor one another we have the honorable harvest where we only take what we need and we give the rest and that is christ consciousness to me the way of that mm -hmm. right and so i think that's what's being reborn and we see it with people wanting to have a piece of land and homestead and build communities you know it's that so it, that's what I believe it is. I love yeah. that. I agree. We're going back to love from within. I love it. Um, 
there was a time a long time ago, I was having a meal with Leslie, someone I had just met and he could have been like a guardian on earth because we had a really strange conversation about God. And I think back to it and he asked me if you could sum up God in one word, what would it be? Love, of course. Right. And so when we get into these different interpretations of religions and religious texts, et cetera, then it becomes more divisive and more judgmental rather than more expansive and unifying. And I feel like where we're headed is more expansive and unifying. Yeah. If we think about Christ's consciousness, we are connecting our mind with the consciousness of Christ, which is infinite, which is sovereign, which is miraculous. We're going to experience more miracles. And when Yeshua's true teachings come out, the other part is they were translated from Aramaic. And Aramaic was a language that the angels brought us that was poetic and parables, right? And so if, I'll post it in here, the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, and it's a whole different meaning. And you'll get the soul chills because you can't deny that yeah. our Holy Spirit moves in us. So it's all about language and just what we choose right. to language. Joe Dispenza. I love Joe Dispenza's work. He's not calling it Christ consciousness, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Connecting with yeah. the consciousness. And then when we think, oh, well, why is our pineal gland been calcified? We could, <laughs> you know, yeah. Heart of God in there. So, yeah, absolutely. And we have some comments in here. And I saw a while back, Michael said that I'm a Libra. However, Michael, <laughs> You're probably talking about tropical. So are you really a Libra? This, this, um, I keep going back to what you call it. Soul blueprint that you do really, it kind of strips the layers away. It, it sh- helps to strip the matrix of, of what, what's been programmed into us my whole life thinking I'm a Gemini and I relate to some of those characteristics. I still do. I do have Gemini in my chart. Um, but there's no doubt, sidereal. I'm a cancer. My North Node is cancer. I'm a yeah. healer. I'm intuitive. Um, my Midhaven is Gemini because I bring in the communication, the podcast, right? So um, it's being open to hearing different information, maybe presented in a slightly different way, but seeing how that feels for you, seeing how that feels in your body, using your own intuition above anything else. I truly believe that God, source, spirit, the universe, all, whatever you want to call it, guides you from within. And you can feel in your body if it's in alignment. Is this information in alignment? And you don't have to make a decision right away, just being open. And that's what that's definitely what this podcast is about is being open to expanding your consciousness a little bit and being open to a different view. So, um, okay. We have a question from Heidi. How do you open the pineal glands? Third eye. Ooh, well, there's different ways, but Sarah, do you have any tips on that? <laughs> lots of different ways. Uh-huh. Um, detoxing for sure. Yeah. Is a, you know, like I went through a big detox, um, one of my, I've detoxed a lot, but like four years ago, I went through a 40 day detox for metals and parasites. First time I've done uh, that kind of a, a cleanse. And um, uh, my, 
abilities came flooding back to me. Um, I started that like psychic I, yes, abilities. My sight came back to me. Um, and so, yeah, after that also, I, um, I had smoked herb before that and I had, and I had marijuana yeah. or mm-hmm. a different, oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. kind of herb? <laughs> yeah. And I was at like spirit said, you need to give this up right now so we can mm. cleanse the entire temple. This is not your medicine for you anymore. It's, it's helped you, but it's not your medicine anymore. And spirit asked me to give it up. And I was just, I was pausing there. So I was debating whether to share that story. But um, the day after that, I had a ceremony and gave it up. That's when I won this thing. And I, I got a cleanse for it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm hearing you. I'm going to cleanse. So I cleanse and my psychic ability started to come back online. And then I shaved my head in a ceremony oh. too. Three years ago, 20, right before 2020. This is the- right before we met. Cause your hair was like growing back in. I think yes, I shaved my head and Mary Magdalene and Yeshua came in and told me what was about to happen on the planet and asked, invited me into this. And I shaved my head bald and um, I'm getting sidetracked in the pineal gland, but lots of things like that, getting metals. Mm. And it's very important what water you drink. It's very important what water you drink. We could we could we could siphon it down to seeing God as water. And yeah, poisoning of our water is like a, an attempt to disconnect us from source. Yeah, and- fluoride's a big big disconnector there in the water and in the toothpaste. So physical detox, I I yes. definitely agree. And then I believe in the power of our words. Mm. So claiming that claiming that for spirit to, to cleanse you of that, to open the pineal gland and to just believe that, have a belief in that. I, I've done lots of different things and the miraculous, there's, I've experienced a lot of miracles in just claiming something. You know, Miss Manifester, as in yeah. like, like manifestation Absolutely. Artist. Yeah, I was going to say there's, yeah, I, everything you said is exactly what I would say. There's different layers to decalcifying the pineal gland physically with a physical detox and then energetically, emotionally, spiritually claiming it, setting the intention. Hopefully that helped Heidi. Um, there's different supplements like shilajit or sh- however you say it. I think fulvic acid is a good, um, heavy metal detoxer. Um, I'll see if I have any other resources to send to you. Uh, we, we could do a whole episode on uh, detox. In fact, I think we will different detoxes, but yeah. Start to claim it. Ask your guides, your highest divine guides of light. That's what I call them. Ask them to help you. Your angels and guides, please help me to, to open my third eye pine, pineal gland. So, okay. We're getting more questions. Someone said, what modalities does Sarah offer? So I know you're going to go over all of your offerings right at the end. And we've already discussed the astrology, human design, gene keys. You want to do you want to dive into that now or just kind of save it at the end, all your offerings up to you? What do you think? We can, we could save it all for the end. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I'm, an, I'm an educator too. So I, yeah. I don't like call myself a teacher, but I'm an educator. Um, I like to empower people. I'm been stepping more in that role because I really want to mm-hmm. bring these tools to other people um, mm-hmm. so that they can use them with their clients or their families. So I have education as well in there. 
She's yeah. awesome. She's going to go over all of her offerings, group, individual, family offerings um, at the very end. Someone said, uh, Jason said, sorry, I'm late. Do you believe in astral projection? If you do, how often do you project? And what do you do typically during a projection? Good question. Good question for sure. Well, everything has different names, right? And um, we could call it Reiki or we call it, we called it healing with the hands, laying on hands, right? Astral ejecting is, can also be seen as dream work or um, yeah, connecting um, just depends on what you want to connect with and how you want to connect. Um, I'll put a link in a book that I read many years ago that helped me with um, dream work because I would, uh, I would travel in my dreams and I knew that I was, but um, I wasn't sure how to control that. And then I started to learn how to walk in my dreams and really control um, and set the intentions for um, that work. And it, in, in that, I can help people with that too, but you have to be able to kind of create a space where you don't have anybody waking you up <laughs> and you have a, a, the time to be in the space that you want, setting the attentions. And I also, you also want to use sovereignty so that you're not getting manipulated or, you know, there's, we're, there's yes. a great awakening happening, but there's a, and we're very, people are very excited about it. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. I love hearing that, right? But temp- being tempted and, uh, yeah, we just want to know, you don't use discernment with who and what we're connecting with. And um, that's why I use the light of Christ. I use the light of Christ as my source, my guide, my protection to protect me from anything that would be fallen from the price, the pure energy, so that I'm not being traveled and taken somewhere in my dreams that I don't yeah. need to. I definitely want to add to that. So, um, from my spiritual teachings, I don't, I am so careful. I shield and I clear my energy morning and night. I shield my dreams. And I do believe that we astral travel pretty much every night in our dreams, but I shield myself and I don't, I'm not, I'm not really into channeling. I really only mess with the highest divine guides of light and source. That's it. And I just want to say, be very careful when you astral travel. I honestly wouldn't recommend playing with it until you know how to shield and protect yourself. That's my recommendation because um, I've seen many things go wrong there. When people start to play with astral traveling and they don't know where they're going or anything. So I would say, number one, learn a very strong um procedure to shield yourself. Those are, um, definitely some things we can talk about on this podcast as well. Then you can dive into astral traveling. If you really feel drawn to it for me, I not as much, but, uh, I do believe it can be kind of dangerous if you're not careful. And there's a whole movement. Everybody was talking about this ascension, 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 Mm -hmm. And wants to escape earth in a lot of ways. Well, we chose to be here now. So we can, we can really find, we can really, we chose to be here right now, let's just say. (laughs) And so it isn't really time to escape. It's time to ground in and be human. That's the anthroposophy is to be human and divine. That we're both, we're both divine beings and we're human. So we can kind of 
the soul bridges both of those worlds. So if you're talking about astral projecting, maybe just say you want to connect with your soul at night. Your soul is the purest essence of who you are. The body holds the soul. Um, and so maybe you just want to connect with your soul in, in that way. That's what I would say. That's what came through to share with him. Yeah. And there's a really good um, free class that one of my spiritual mentors created on shielding your energy. And I can send that to you, Jason. Um, I do it every morning and every night. I don't play around. Um, this is a reality where there's duality and there's dark and there's light and it's not to be fearful. It's just to be careful and, um, sovereign and strategic and, you know, protecting yourself and your energy. Hopefully that answered that. Um, we'll see if we have any more questions, but I think at this point we can wrap up the recording and then just hang out a few minutes for the, for the after party in the Facebook group. So, um, before you get into your offerings and how to find people, um, what would you like to leave us with? Is there anything that you want to leave us with, um, before letting us know where to find you? And Okay. Um, okay. In one of the books that was left out of the Bible, the book of Thomas was left out of the Bible and has a lot of metaphysical teachings in it. And one of the verses that I love the most in the book of Thomas says, if you do not bring forth what is within you, okay, let me step back. If you bring forth what's within you, it will save you. If you don't bring forth what's within you, it will kill you. So this is a book that kind of relates to know thyself and you shall know God, but it is a, it is a verse that would have empowered us to be sovereign. Mm -hmm. Jesus, and even said, you'll do greater things than me. You'll use your hands to heal. Like we are sovereign beings. And so I, I, as I've been an activist, I've been on the front lines and I have learned in the last seven years where my daughter and I are called post for peace. Peace within me creates peace in the world. The greatest mm -hmm. gift you can give the world right now is to, number one, know yourself, cultivate peace within yourself. So you're not projecting your shadows out into the world. Number two, rise into your soul's purpose. So you're getting into alignment and you're doing exactly what you came here to do. And you become sovereign in that. And you're actually gifting your purpose to the world. And three, to just live in the prayer of love. What does love look like in this situation? What does love look like here right now? And let me, and I'll, one more thing, as we move forward with what's coming next, do your best to not get distracted too much by the chaos and the outside world and what's coming next and stay true to who you are and what you are meant to do right now. Healing your bloodline, big time. That's like one of the greatest things you can do too, is really work on that. The next Gene Kiwi Mugsu starting Friday is the the work of forgiveness and understanding. Ooh. That's that's, some that's great a work. big one. <laughs> yeah, but powerful, and that because that ripples into a field. One of you, one of us, that raises our frequency to live from the heart, changes so much more than you could ever imagine. You're changing people when you go to the grocery store, in your field, your entire Facebook groups, because mm -hmm. you're higher vibration that pulls everybody up into that higher vibration, which is your mm -hmm. heart. Love it. And it ripples out. 
All right, Sarah, tell us all your current offerings and how can people reach you? And I'll put your contact info in the Facebook group. I'll also drop it on YouTube after we put this video up. Yeah, we're Post for Peace, my daughter. So we um we have a couple websites, but Post for Peace will lead you everywhere you need to go. Postforpeace.com. And um, so yes, I do readings. So that is one thing that I'm always offering is readings. Um, and I offer those in different ways, but the way that I love to offer it the most is a reading where you get your astrology, your human design, and your gene keys all together. Um, and that's something that's recorded and you get to come back to it over and over again because a lot comes through in that. So a soul blueprint reading is what I offer a lot. Then if you want to work with your couple or as a couple, divine union sessions are really great for that. So we can do couple work. Um, family alchemy is what my daughter and I work with when we work with families to give your family all of their blueprints and kind of understand each other in that way. And then I'm getting ready to teach a course called Living Stars, Living Christ. And that's a seven-week course that starts at the end of September. It's going to be amazing. You're going to learn how to ring up charts, how to understand your own natal chart. I'm going to give you all the tools to empower you to do this, to understand the planets, the houses, the zodiacs, the whole history, <laughs> um, retrogrades, everything. So that starts at the end of the month. And then I'm also a soul guide. So I do one-on-one work. I do some, have a few spots for one-on-one mentorship that I share. And then pay attention because starting in the new year, I'll be training 12 initiatives in this. So that begins, that'll begin in January. I haven't even launched that yet. Um, But that program will start in January and there'll be a whole year long training for initiatives who want to guide people to their soul, to live from the heart, to understand the sacred sciences. Awesome. So poseforpeace.com. What's your Instagram handle? The love alchemist. The love alchemist with periods, the period love. love period alchemist. Yeah. Okay. And she's also in the Facebook group. So you can find her Sarah Poe and you can DM her there. Awesome. This was amazing. Lots of chills. Um, I feel inspired just from this conversation. I'm so excited for all the things that we're going to do together and the amazing ripple effects that are going to come out of everything that's created. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to stay on after. So Facebook group, you can stay on if you want. And I'm going to end this recording. Thank you, beautiful viewers, both on YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. I appreciate you for being here with me and supporting this podcast. Thank you so much.